The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the soy and salmon of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who pairs well with basically everyone else. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Well, I'm flattered. For one, that's a very nice compliment. I don't know that salmon or soy compliment good with everything else, but <laughs> soy probably compliments certain things. <laughs> Have you ever had uh, like a soy marinade or something like that with salmon? I've had soy sauce, but I don't know about like soy soy. Oh, uh, well, I'm aiming at soy sauce here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah a little soy sauce, put some ginger, some garlic in there, marinate yeah. the salmon for a while. Oof, so good. Heck yeah. I'm all about that. I'm a big fan. I, my wife doesn't eat seafood, though, so it's very rare that I have fish in the house. It's usually at restaurants that I'm eating it. But you live kind of kind of by water, right? Like way closer to water than I do. I live very close to water, yes. <laughs> I, I thought you were supposed to eat seafood then. Like that's I the way seafood. that went. I love seafood. Uh, yeah. Well, I picked a, I married a woman who doesn't like beef, seafood, ketchup, corn, uh, she can't eat pasta sauce because of her acid reflux. Like, I, sh- essentially, I married the wrong person. <laughs> Who luckily doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's why I was comfortable saying that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And when we go on vacation in, in July, I'll be going to the beach in New Hampshire. And I will certainly be eating seafood every day of the week. Mm, I do. So I'll make sure I try some soy and salmon. It's quite it's quite delicious. I'm one of those people who grew up eating a lot of fish from the lake, so not necessarily the ocean. Sure. But every time I travel to anywhere there's an ocean close, I eat a lot, a lot of seafood. Yes. I so, that. you know, Josh, it's kind of weird right now because we go to do this little intro where we mm. usually talk about, you know, nothingness or television or movies for the beginning, you know, five minutes or so. And I feel like we're kind of in that hangover state, right? Where Game of Thrones ended, Endgame happened, and now, like, have you been watching Chernobyl at all on HBO? Yes, uh, but I've only seen the, I only watched the first two episodes so far. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's a really depressing show to talk about. It's very depressing. I think I tweeted about it. I live where I'm vacationing, uh, Mm -hmm. will be less than a mile from a nuclear power plant. And I live about 45 miles from a nuclear power plant. So watching the first episode of Chernobyl was very stressful, even though I realize how unlikely that is to happen again. Right. Uh, but they also thought it was unlikely to happen. So well, <laughs> we, and if, if the communication worked as well for them now, I would be dead before I even found out about the explosion. <laughs> probably true. Probably true. Or dying. (laughs) 
you'd be kind of in that too late phase. <laughs> yeah. Like I'd be in that the kids are outside playing uh, for recess and <laughs> the kids two states away aren't state phase. <laughs> uh, duck and cover. I'm sure that just works for this too, right? Just duck and cover. Oh, man. Hearing the stories my parents tell about the duck and cover drills that right. they used to have to go through in high school. I'm like, well, you guys were smart kids back then, right? <laughs> did you think that was going to protect you? <laughs> well, you know, did you have, I assume, I guess I don't know, maybe not. Did you do tornado drills in school? Is that a thing that happens where you are? Uh, we've gotten tornadoes in the past two years. And there's a famous Worcester tornado which they named one of our like double A ball clubs after mm-hmm. um, probably a hundred years ago that okay. actually hit our street, but no, no tornado drills. Um, you know, I'm sure it's not, glo- I'm sure it's global warming related, but we started getting legitimate tornadoes um, two years ago in like surrounding towns, but gotcha. never, but never been an issue. I've always kind of lived where tornadoes are a possibility. I've been fortunate that I've never, experienced one but i have lived in places that had them prior to me being there like direct hits one of the college campuses i worked on had been uh, got hit by a tornado spring break one year prior to me being there and just got decimated but luckily it was spring break so no one was hurt right but on campus at least but it is very interesting because when i was a kid we'd have to do these tornado drills in school so you'd go out into the hallway and you'd all line up against the lockers and you'd sit on the floor and then you'd like kind of curl up as best you could, bringing your um, sit down, bring your knees up to your chest. And then you put your head down and cover like the back of your head with your hands. Jeez. And you'd sit in the hallway like that for, I don't know, what seemed like a lot of minutes, <laughs> a, a lot, a lot of minutes. And I kind of think that the teachers took that time to go drink together. I have no idea, but that's what I felt like was happening. <laughs> but I always, even as a kid, was thinking to myself, OK, here I am sitting in the hallway I'm squatted down like this. I have my he- my head down. I have my hands over like the back of my head. What's above me? Lights, ceiling tiles. That's no big deal. But what's way, way above me? You know, a roof <laughs> that is very, very heavy and made of concrete. Things like air handlers and all of those things. I'm not certain that this position is going to protect me from much. Like, I really don't think it's going to, but maybe it does. I don't know. I'm not a safety expert. I should ask Donnie. Donnie would know. I'm pretty sure Donnie will tell you that that is not going to protect you. <laughs> and I and I don't have kids, so I have no idea what tornado drills look like these days. But yeah, tornado drills, we did them in school, along with fire drills. We did both those things. So We had a tornado watch here, I want to say two or three weeks ago. <clears throat> My son was at daycare. And they tweeted, they Facebooked a picture of all the kids, every kid from the daycare, all in this little room in the basement. I'm like, that, and that, I think that made it real for me. Right. That was really, I don't want to say scary. It was really weird seeing my two year old son in the basement of a daycare during a tornado warning or watch, the lesser significant of the two. Watch. Watch. So, like I'm at I'm at my building. I'm on the fourth floor of my building, looking out over these giant windows, looking right. at all the clouds and the thunderstorms coming in. And I'm like, "Yep, this is awesome. I love it." And then I'm like, "Get a I see a Facebook post. My son is uh, in a basement somewhere, and I'm busy up here reveling." I blame that on PSVG DLC, by the way. I'm very good about my language <laughs> on this podcast. You are very good about. It. We both are very good about our language. <laughs> yes, on this we podcast. both are. Yes, very true. Uh, interesting that 
Yeah, I was always told to remember that you're watching for something to happen. Okay, watch is looking and then warning is, hey, yeah. it's, it's been sighted. Yes, watch is you're watching for something to happen. So, but yeah, I it, for me, when I worked in housing, the bummer situation or the good thing was is that during the academic year, during the calendar school year, very slight chance of tornadoes happening just because I usually lived further north. It was very cold more during school than it was. Yeah. But in the summer, we always had summer camps. And I had a building of 500, that, so I could fit 500 people in my building. And, you know, without fail, I'd have 500 football players for a, a summer camp. And then we would have a tornado watch or tornado warning, which even happened once. And then the pro- the plan was, okay, how do I fit 500 people into these into this basement? That probably fits 120 people on a good yeah. day. <laughs> so how are we going to do this? So oh, let's boy. go. This will be great. Anyway, enough about weather. And this is not quite a weather podcast. Don't well, do let's, we- let's say to Schplag, say stay safe out there. He lives um, where my cousin lives uh, in Tulsa. And they are getting battered with tornado warnings, watches, flood warnings and watches. Yeah. And even an earthquake last week. So um Best of luck to them out in Tulsa. Right. The weather has been ridiculous. I think right before we started recording, maybe Kansas City, I think, was under a tornado warning. And there was a tornado headed towards Kansas City. And they got one last night. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. It has been some interesting, interesting, dangerous weather just to, you know, roll from spring to summer. So stay safe out there, everyone, if you are involved in any of those things. But we're going to pivot slightly and talk about something a little more. Uh, hopefully light and fun. We're going to talk a little bit about games. But before we do that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all of the amazing things Josh posts over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We are a proud part of PSVG and PSVG is on Patreon. We are absolutely thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share a podcast with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. We're also a proud member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that is right for you. So enough of the housekeeping, Josh. This week is all about the games we've been playing, sir. So what have you been playing on your tabletop? Well, it was Memorial Day weekend, so uh, that is typically, for us, more of a social obligation weekend. Um, So there was... (laughs) Really? You said that like it's so disappointing. It's a social <laughs> obligation weekend. It kind of is. I mean, it's not. I enjoyed myself, but I, I would argue any change to my normal schedule is a disruption. Uh, disruption. Uh, like, like I'll speak English. A disruption. Um, my son had went home, left daycare Friday with a ear infection and pink eye. So he had a long Friday and the the whole week before that he wasn't sleeping. He was sick. So we didn't really play any games during the week. And then, like I said, the weekend was a social commitment every day uh, of the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Uh, So board games weren't really played. Um, I did play Keyforge Friday night, uh, which was our first time playing Keyforge in about a month, which was nice. Um, How How did it go? 
Uh, two out of three for me. Uh, so I, I felt pretty good. And actually, I felt a little guilty going into game three because he wasn't enjoying himself as much as usual. And, and I'm typically the one who loses when we play Keyforge. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping I was being gracious, but um, you know, sometimes you can't help but show that it feels nice to win. So I'm glad he beat me the third game because I would have felt bad. <laughs> um, but we got we got our notifications today that um, the new Keyforge set ships Thursday. Excellent. And we have we had just mentioned that they hadn't mentioned a date when it was shipping when it was coming out. So hopefully I get mine soon. He got his notification already. I still haven't gotten mine um, that it has shipped, but probably won't. I probably won't have them in time for this Friday, but maybe next. Um, but in our Discord, Coach Hulk uh, said he saw um, uh, Five Minute Marvel somewhere, and he was interested, obviously, because he's a big Hulk fan. Yeah. Um, so I told him I would talk about it. Um, I believe I talked about this previously, but it's been a while, and it was a day full of games that the same day we played Tokyo Highway and, May- and um, Mountains of Madness. So if anyone is curious... Uh, there are two games. There's Five Minute Dungeon, and that actually has an expansion out. And there's Five Minute Marvel. Um, and the name is a little misleading uh, because the game is not five minutes long. However, uh, you do have boss fights in the game, and those are a, we'll call them levels, if we want to equivalent them to like video games. Each level is five minutes long. So when you play Five Minute Marvel, everyone picks a character. Um, there are a bunch of characters from Squirrel Girl to Spider-Gwen to Captain America. Um, and you're fighting villains from Red Skull to Thanos um, to others that I'm forgetting. It's been a bit since I played it. Uh, and essentially what you're doing is you're picking a character. Each character has a special ability uh, that you can play. Uh and you have a draw deck. In your draw deck are basic cards that like everyone has in their draw deck, and then character ability cards. And those cards are the ones that let you use your special abilities. Uh, and you have a deck, and you want to cons- if you consider it a dungeon, like five minute dungeon, which is the first game, uh, or a level. You start a timer. You have to download an app that uses Jarvis as the voice, so you're getting some some decent Marvel dialogue. And as you start, you're kind of playing consecutively. Everyone takes a turn, but um, you you kind of, you're all trying to defeat henchmen or objectives. And typically a henchman has icons on them and each character has their own set of icons. So if it's like three green, which I forget what that denotes, like uh, maybe speed, uh, red is punch, um, there's all these different colors. Uh, and what you do is you'll play however many cards out of your hand you can. Everyone does it at the same time to defeat the villains in front of you. So uh, the trick is, which makes the game challenging, is if you're not communicating with your partners and you throw down too many punch cards, you don't get those back. You essentially lose them from your hand. So you want to be communicating better following uh, and, you know, the time uh, really pushes you to not rush, even though you you want to rush. It's almost like Magic Maze a little bit, if anyone's played that, where the timer is really keeping you on your toes and uh, makes you probably feel more rushed than you really are, at least in 5-Minute Marvel. 
uh, until you get to like the last few bosses who are like particularly difficult. Um, but otherwise, uh, if you can find it for a good price, um, I got it at GameStop on clearance for like $4 or something crazy like that. Um, but it's typically sells for under 20. So I think for the price, it's definitely a great game. Uh, whether you get the Marvel version or the five minute dungeon, uh, it's definitely a fun, uh, light game, something you can even play in between heavier games, like for tabletop day, you know, that might be coming up or something like that. So that's five minute Marvel for coach Mo. And I wish I played more games, but I haven't. I did, however, today order some games that I've been seeing pick up traction in the board game Facebook pages. Uh, I, there's a game called Hyperborea. I'm probably saying that wrong. No, I think that's right. But it's 22 bucks on Amazon, and everyone says it's a crazy great game. So I decided I pulled the trigger on that. And then, you know, why recommend a game to Donnie that I haven't played myself? So I picked up the $10 Lord of the Rings game that is on Amazon right now, and that's a oh, fantasy nice. flight games one. So hopefully, I'll be able to give Donnie a review on that game so he can see if it's right for him. I don't know how long it's going to be ten bucks for. Uh, so hopefully, I can play that sooner than later. Um, and yeah, there's a bunch of games on sale on Amazon right now, including Forbidden Sky for twenty bucks. Which Good deal. I still haven't picked up yet. So yeah. That's what I uh, have and have not been playing on my tabletop, Kyle. That sounds pretty what great. You? Well, you've been playing more than I have. Oh, you've been playing. What's that? You've been playing, just not yeah. board games. <laughs> yeah, so I've not been playing many board games because it's something I have alluded to, and I posted a picture of on Twitter, and I will post more as we go here. Uh, the wife and I are reworking and redoing our board game storage. We are building new cabinets. So I've mentioned on the podcast before that uh, the partner's big into woodworking and has built um, a number of the pieces of furniture in our home. And I think Splig, I think it was Splig asked me what all that included. And to be honest, most of the furniture in our house, both our beds that, we, well, two of the three beds in our house and uh, our dining room table, our gaming table, the sofa table, four nightstands, the, coffee table like a whole bunch of stuff she has built i help some but mostly <laughs> she does it and i help like move things and turn things uh, i often will do like the painting or staining just because that's kind of my wheelhouse and i have the patience for that but uh so <laughs> so this weekend being the long holiday weekend um we decided it was going to be a good time to put a lot of time and effort into this and keep in mind this is about I think when it's said and done, it's going to be close to 12 feet wide of shelves. Huh. And, you know, we have kind of tall ceilings in our basement, so it's going to be pretty tall. I think probably eight feet tall. So it's pretty big. It's a pretty big little structure. And there's, you know, a countertop that goes along with it. And there's lowers that have um, doors. And then up the uppers aren't going to have any doors. But all, you know, cut and started with, like, everything purely buying MDF, you know, in, in four by eight sheets and, and starting from there. So that really was what the project has been. And most of the game time that I've had um, has been spent working on it and trying to finish this project. And, you know, the partners never want to do things subtly. So we, once everything was cut to size, we then went and primed it white with shellac because it's MDF. So you can't use anything water-based, but then 
started putting everything together and she decided that for the first time ever, we are going to spray things rather than use a roller or paintbrushes to paint things. So she bought a paint sprayer and (laughs) she never does anything halfway. So she bought a paint sprayer and then did all this research and was like, okay, now we need to build a spray booth (laughs) in our garage. I said, oh, okay, we'll do that. So <laughs> I didn't take any pictures. So I was going to take pictures of it and put it on the Twitter, but I didn't because it legitimately looks like a kill room. If you've ever watched <laughs> Dexter, it, this is the room that Dexter sets up before he offs all of his victims. It is completely covered in plastic. I mean, it it really looks like a kill room. It really does. And I'm sure our neighbors are thinking what in the world are these people doing and it was funny because we live in a newer development and there were people there's like two or three lots around us that aren't quite built out yet so most of them have buildings going on but there's one lot just two down from us that hasn't even been dug out yet so it's the only lot in the development that's not done yet and these people were driving through the neighborhood very clearly kind of scoping things out to see if this is an area that they want to live because they looked exactly like we did when we did that. So very clearly they're scoping things out, checking things out. And here are these two people in one of the garages in the neighborhood, putting up this booth all covered in plastic sheeting and duct and put together with duct tape and PVC. (laughs) So yeah. So we set up our own spray booth because these cabinets are black. So we primed them all white I've now painted most of the pieces black and we're to the point where I think we'll be able to install most of the lowers this coming weekend or put them to ensure they fit the way we want to. Um, and then we can go ahead and finish off the uppers and get those installed and then throw the lowers back in. So that has been most of my time. Most of my time that would be gaming um, that the, the partner and I spend together has been actually working on this project. And honestly, it probably will be for the next few weeks. So I'm trying to get some smaller two-player games in, um, especially when the weather isn't great or it's really hot outside, which makes it a little harder to work out there. But yeah, that has been what 99% of my game time has been, has been tied up with with building these cabinets and kind of making all of that work. So unfortunately, I haven't played any board games. That is, that is something I've not gotten to the table, but I will try to post some more pictures of what these fabulous cabinets are looking like and all of that good stuff to keep you all up to date to know why I am no longer playing or haven't been playing a lot of board games. But I did get a game in the mail. What did I get in the mail? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I got the expansion for Thunderstone Quest. But you don't have the base game yet? No, I do have the base game. So I backed the Kickstarter last year to get Thunderstone Quest. And if you're not familiar, Thunderstone Quest, the box for this game is massive. Hmm. Huge box is probably close to it's got to be greater than eight inches wide, if not or deep, I should say, if not closer to 10 or 12. It's a very, very big box. And when I got it, I was trying to figure out where in the world I was going to start on my shelves. It didn't really fit anywhere very well. And I just was not really thrilled with where I was going to put this thing. But the reason I got it was, okay, I've heard it's a great thing. They're doing the Kickstarter for the expansion. So if you kickstarted the expansion, you could also add on the base game. So I added on the base game, got it a long time ago, waiting for the expansion. The expansion showed up. It's the same size as the base game. It's huge. (laughs) Absolutely massive. So we got it. And (laughs) 
my wife was just very upset because she goes, we're building these shelves and I already feel like we didn't build them big enough because you keep getting all these games and the boxes are massive. And they are. These games lately have absolutely massive boxes. So hopefully, though, I'll get that to the table soon if I can find some time to play some games, though, I believe that this is it. You can play Thunderstone Quest one player. So maybe I will do some solo gaming or some solitaire gaming and get that taken care of. So nice. So, yeah, no board games for me this week. But, hey, I promise in a couple of weeks I'll have some more to talk about. Josh, sir, what have you been playing on your television? Well, Kyle, I have been playing some games on the television. It's easier to do that when I, like, unwind at night and play a couple hours. So I wrapped up. I shouldn't say wrapped up because I wasn't in the wrap-up phase. I finished Rage 2. <laughs> uh, Start kind of and in- finish since we... Last talked about games, right? Since we last talked about games, started and finished Rage 2. Well, last time we talked about games, I think I talked about starting Rage 2 because I didn't necessarily experience what Donnie was experiencing. Right. Um, But since then, yeah, I put in time when I could, and there was a couple of nights I put in more time than usual. Uh, Yeah, and it's finished. I kind of inadvertently started Endgame, not realizing that... That's where I was headed. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it was I. I had some. I had fun with it. I'm not necessarily done. There's a lot of side stuff. A lot of side stuff for me to do. Um, and I would say that's unusual for me. Typically, for games like this, I do all of the side stuff first. Um, especially because I don't really have something I want to play right now. There might be something I will play, but. Typically, like if I rush through a game, it's because I want to get to something else. Like I feel like I'm taking time away from that. Um, and I don't know that that's the case for this. But I didn't unlock all the abilities. I didn't go find out, find all the arcs in the game, which give you your new abilities. I really felt what I had and what I was using was sufficient. Like I didn't feel like I was at a disadvantage at all. Um, and if I'm going to be honest, while playing the game, I didn't find it very hard. In fact, I kind of thought it. It's kind of like a training wheels shooter is how I viewed it. Like the combat itself was pretty easy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, th- and and maybe that's just me. And I, I, I'm not particularly, um, I'm not like Jason Lacey level gamer where he like handles hard things with mm-hmm. ease seemingly. Like I typically, if it's a hard game, I have a hard time with it. Um, and I just didn't seem to have that with Rage 2. Um, but all that being said, I enjoyed it. Um, I love the exploration aspect of the game. Like there's a lot of the map to explore. Right. Um, if I am going to be critical of the game, I would say there's, there's definitely some bugs and I started experiencing the things Donnie did. Like I had to restart a few missions because mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't trigger what was supposed to happen. Um, I I never felt where I was going was important and it felt like just a rehash of a different mission I've already done. Okay. Um, and to be, if I'm going to be super critical, which this is just nitpicky, if you see like the cover of the game, it has the girl in the mohawk with like the um, grill on her teeth. Mm-hmm. There's like probably over a thousand enemies that look exactly the same as that character model. Oh, and that kind of bugs me to a level like if she was wearing like 
riot gear or like stormtrooper outfits, it would seem less like a problem. Right. So it just seemed a little odd to me that all the character models of like human like characters were all the same. And I know that's nitpicky. Um, I don't think that's nitpicky. I I just noticed it. Right. At least like change the hair color, change the color of the clothes, do something, do what Toy Story did or what Pixar did in Toy Story. Are you familiar with this? No. So when Andy has his birthday party in Toy Story. Yeah. And they show all of the kids really briefly celebrating his birthday. They are all just the same Andy character with different shirts and different skin tones. Okay. Yeah, that makes because, sense. Like, yeah. Because they couldn't generate more than that at that time or didn't have the ability based on timeline. So it's just Andy reskinned it with different shirts and skin tones. Okay. Yeah. Or do like roving gangs, like each gang has like everyone looks the same intentionally. Right. So then that way it doesn't seem so like misplaced. But right. like every time you go somewhere, there's groups of people they all look different but they all look the same as the last group of people right so i think for for that reason i think it just made it feel more repetitive than mm-hmm. anything else yeah um so that that's just me being nitpicky but if i'm going to talk about like I sh- if i'm going to talk about my criticisms i should say what i liked about the game um the combat the, the gunplay is fantastic um Everything feels good. You feel powerful. You feel like this character who is slowly getting stronger. Um, the shooting is great. When you run out of ammo, you know you messed up. Like you're not picking ammo up somewhere, but it happens. So mm-hmm. like it has a little bit of the like strategy feel. Like you can't just run and gun as much as you want. Your vehicles run out of ammo if you don't have one with like an infinite Gatling gun. Um the uh, the vehicle combat is okay. I would say it's like mediocre. It's kind of like Mad Max, the game. Like um, they didn't nail the vehicular um, combat. I actually I thought know, the car combat in yeah, Mad Max was like a that. lot of fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know um, uh, but I would say it's still not bad. Like I played, wor- I played worse games of car combat for sure. Um, it looked great. Uh, it was nice to look at. It was nice to play. Uh, it was short, but it was short. But I felt like I put a lot of time into it. If that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. So that's done for now. Uh, I'll probably pick it up at some point to clear some like some of the side missions out and see if I still feel like I want to keep revisiting it. Um, but as far as it goes, I think I'm done for a little bit. We'll gotcha. Uh, I've been playing, continuing Steam World Dig Two. Uh, in fact. I stopped last night because I'm pretty sure I'm just about to initiate the end of the game. Okay. So uh, this is like a new record for me. Like I've SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2 in less than a month. I don't finish one game in less than a month. Very typically. true. I mean, they're shorter. I will say this. Uh, uh, SteamWorld Dig 2 is much bigger than SteamWorld Dig. It's much more vibrant. There's much. There's a lot more gear and upgrades and challenge and i didn't think that that was a good thing at first but i think i've come around on that mm-hmm. uh, i think it would be impossible for someone to play steam world dig 2 and then go play steam world dig though that's good to know because i've only played two i've never played one yeah i wouldn't even i wouldn't play one because you will feel like you're missing so much mm-hmm. um to the yeah and like there's so many things that i just got recently like just playing it for a couple hours last night that have changed 
the whole way I play the game. So right. um, there's some things that come to you later in the game that really change how you've been playing the whole game. So I'm I, I'm honestly a, a pretty big fan of this game series now, and I really didn't expect to like it at all because uh, it is technically a platformer, right? I I guess that's what you'd call it. I don't know what, how else you'd classify it. Yeah. So for lack of better classification, right. so I would call it a platformer, which isn't typically not my bag. <laughs> uh, I started Wolfenstein 2 because I was like, well, Rage 2 is done. What's the, like, what's the smart decision? It's not Wolfenstein 2 right now. It's too soon to pick up another shooter. Um, I played it. Uh, for maybe two hours and the controls seemed like they were all over the place uh, and I was having a hard time with that control like just the shooting mechanic the seemingly uh, Nazi bad guys who will take a hundred bullets if you just try to take him down which was very frustrating it's not easy um, and those weren't armored guys those are just yeah. like officers and I'm like they take me down so quickly I don't know that I'm ready to play this if it's going to be like this from ge- from get go, like right. from the start. Um, so I, I, you know, I played it long enough to get an opinion on the game. Um, I'm not ruling it out, but right now I don't, I don't know that I want to play another first person shooter uh, just for a little bit, just because I think I got a, my fill and reach. I would have to imagine. I know people talk about first person shooters in general about quote unquote being the same. And I haven't played Rage yet. It's downloaded, but I have not played it yet. I would have to imagine that the shooting is so drastically different between those two games because Wolfenstein has such a distinctive feel to the shooting that some people I don't think are going to like at all. I don't. Yeah. I think there are going to be some people who are really turned off to it. But I love it. I love Wolfenstein too. It was one of my favorite games of that year. So I hope you go back to it and enjoy it. But if you don't, that's okay too. I mean, no pressure. Yeah, I would like all. to. <laughs> I would like to. Um, when you play Forza 4, I'll go back to Wolfenstein 2. When I play what? <laughs> Forza Horizon 4. Oh, boy. <laughs> Got to re-download that thing, and I guess. I'm, and I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll, I'll get back to it. Uh, and then finally, um, Coach Mo reached out uh, and wanted to play some Overwatch last night. with Their anniversary special spectacular thing is going on right now. Uh, so I thought I would help him out um, when I jumped on. What he wanted to do originally, he's trying to get some achievements, uh, wasn't going on. So we played um, Lucio Ball, Lucio Ball, which Lucio, I Lucio Ball, um, which I'd never played before. In fact, I thought Coach was saying Lucille Ball, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um, and uh, essentially, I guess if you haven't played Fortnite, at uh, Fortnite, geez, Overwatch, it's Rocket League on foot instead of in a car. And everyone is Lucio. 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 Yeah. He's going to be Italian for me now. Lucio. <laughs> um, so everyone's Lucio. And uh, I will say uh, something I never thought I would say about Overwatch. I am very good at this. I noticed you got some achievements from this. <laughs> I, um, I don't want to sound like I'm flattering myself. But maybe I wasn't as good as I felt, but I felt like I was very good. In fact, I was consistently getting three gold medals every match, and I never get a single gold medal. Uh, Obviously, this isn't regular Overwatch. 
And I found my real my real talent was in goal, not necessarily as a striker. I'll call him because it's essentially soccer. Um, but I really enjoyed what we played, and we we're just trying to get Coach Lee's achievements. He got one out of the two he wanted. I got the same one that I wasn't trying to get. I just got it because I was happy to get it. Nice work. Thank you. And um, yeah, it was really fun. And he was like, before he left, he was like, you got to go try this other mode. And he said the name of it. And I went to look at it and it was like eight player competitive gauntlet or something. I was like, I'm not playing by myself right now. I don't have the confidence, <laughs> especially after feeling good after Lucio Ball. I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to retire for the night um so yeah that's that's all of my that's a lot of gaming but that is a lot of gaming that's what i played i probably played more because i went through my i did my like game pass thing where i like play like 10 minutes of each game and decide mm-hmm. if i want to keep it or delete it so i did that with a few games as well should boot up my xbox and see if my hard drive is full <laughs> yeah i gotta always remember when I use my Game Pass app on my phone, that it pushes to your console. I know, and that's why I never use the app on my phone anymore because it pushed to yours. So. This isn't helpful I at all. That, yeah. <laughs> I tried to push Dead Space 3 to you. You have to let me know if it worked because I did play Dead Space 3. I, I didn't talk about it, um, but maybe if we get to I'll play check. it together, we'll, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about it in two weeks. So I'll stick on the Overwatch train really briefly because mm-hmm. obviously I play Overwatch you know, multiple times a week, every week. But for this event, uh, interesting thing to note, and I know you can you can sit here and gloat about this. I'll allow it. So when they do these special events that happen and these special things that Coach was like trying to get achievements for, there's no trophies for those on PlayStation. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, so on PlayStation, they do trophies for the characters, but they don't do them for the timed events. Interesting. Yeah. So any of those achievements and things like that that exist, you can see them on PlayStation because they're coded like for uh, the PC version and all that good stuff, too. But we don't actually get trophies for them. Huh. Yeah. Well. Very sad. Breaks my heart <laughs> a little bit. But anyway, so in Overwatch, though, they are doing, like Josh said, their anniversary uh, events. The nice thing about their anniversary is this is a time when all of the previous items, previous seasonal items from loot boxes are now available again. So you can finally, I can finally catch up on some skins and things like that that I'm missing, which is exciting. But they do have a couple of unique playlists going right now. And these were made in the Forge, which is their new creation tool or creation suite that exists in Overwatch for players to be able to kind of make their own game modes, to be able to tweak and, and have more control Uh, over the game previously you could create private matches with your specifications of deaths and gravity and reload and you know how fast um, ultimates charge and things similar to that but this you can basically change whatever you want to within the kind of a a pretty broad structure of the game and two of the modes that they have is basically one of them is they're both deathmatch right now but one of them is basically Everyone on the map starts as the same character and you play that character for a minute. And then after that minute, you all switch to another character. So everyone's always playing the same character, but you're only that character for about a minute. And so it kind of becomes this race to see who actually gets to get being able to use their ultimate and hopefully um, swing the battle or, or get an advantage there. So that one was okay. I didn't mind that one too much. But the other one is the gauntlet that Josh was talking about. And what you do is you go through a list. It's basically gun game from I played it in Call okay. of Duty. I don't know if gun yeah. game happened in other 
game modes or other games. I think but it's just Call of Duty, yeah. Okay, so but basically you start as one character, and after you kill someone, you become the next character in line, and you have to get through all 22 characters. The first person to get through the 22 wins. And I've only played this one time, and I won the one time oh. I played, which is why I've not done it. I got to 22, and the second place person had 12. Wow. And I said, I am done. I am never going to do this well again. I am 100% out. And what became very clear to me while playing this is very few people play supports or tanks. Because as soon as you got to those people, especially supports, people just could not handle it and do things. And that's what I typically play. And I'm serviceable on DPS heroes, but not great. But I'm good enough to be able to squeak out a, a win here or there. And then with the tanks, it's yeah. And the supports, I was able to kind of pull ahead. So it was fun. It was interesting. I don't know if I'll play anymore because, like I said, that one went so well that uh, I don't know if I want to go back and ruin my perfect record and what felt like a really decisive victory on my behalf. So that 100% win percentage, I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's that's a good way to go. (laughs) So uh, the other game that I've been playing is Days Gone. Josh, Uh I did. You what now? finished it i finished days I, know. I saw your picture today i completed it now with that being said there is still a secret ending that i haven't gotten which i'm gonna go back and get i'm gonna go get it but i'm probably gonna go play blood and truth first just to take a small little break mm. uh, which is downloaded haven't started yet though but play a couple of those yeah rage 2 is one of those as well play the spire uh so the spire is one of those too <laughs> um so here we go Overall, general thoughts, probably last time I'll talk about it, unless I mentioned getting the Platinum, which I would like to do. Overall, Days Gone is a good game. It is not a great game, but it is a good game. And I think I like it more than probably a lot of people because for whatever reason, I really like the characters in this game. So I'm not sure what it is about them. I know that for many people, the story was talked about as being very rote, as the characters were very one-dimensional, as there wasn't a lot of depth to the game. And I'm not going to spoil anything from the story perspective, but I really enjoyed the characters and getting to know them. There were some parts of the game that I wouldn't say that I was ever really moved, per se. There was not as much emotion that I felt. But there were times where I felt very conflicted about who my character was, and then He would do some redemptive things and then some not redemptive things. And I liked the fact that he wasn't, it wasn't always clear about what kind of person he was or what he was trying to accomplish. Was he really in this for only himself? Was he in it for the greater good? What were those things that were happening? So I personally enjoyed the story. It is a little straightforward i don't think there's going to be any huge twists that you probably wouldn't see coming but overall i enjoyed the story i wanted to know what happened next and i think they did a pretty good job of kind of building action on one storyline and then right before that story wraps up they would kind of introduce a new storyline that you start to get interested in go back wrap up the previous one and now you're kind of committed and hooked on that other one so it was a really nice constant flow of this is some good information. This is some good storytelling. I'm digging where this is going, et cetera, et cetera. So overall story perspective, I thought it was pretty solid. Again, not going to win any awards, I don't think, but I enjoyed it. I thought the gameplay in the game was really good. And I thought, excellent. I'm glad. So (laughs) I, I thought the gameplay was good. And I think there were some 
I had genuinely stressful moments while playing the game. One thing that I don't think is a spoiler, but if you're super adverse to hearing or knowing anything about the game, and I say I don't think it's a spoiler because it was in the introduction reveal trailer for the game, but there is a sawmill in the game that there is a horde that hangs out at that sawmill. It's really big. (laughs) At some point, surprise, you have to go deal with this horde. I was super stressed because, and even aside from the marketing things, they do some things during the story day, kind of introduce that horde to you. I was, I got all my ducks in a row, made sure I was saved in a good spot, was really kind of tense about having to go fight this horde knowing how big it was knowing uh kind of how it would work and there's very few times in the story that they require you to fight a horde it only happens about three times i think but there's jeez 40 hordes i think in the game total so there's a lot of them and that's the nice thing about when you finish the game they mark them all on your map so that you can go get them if you yeah so that you can go get them if you want to um but yeah i Enjoy, overall enjoyed my time i thought the game was a lot of fun are there problems absolutely there are problems the load times at the beginning of the game are still really bad and really long i literally turn my ps4 on go do something else come and start the game come back hit the start you know continue button and go get a beverage and all those other things and then come back to my ps4 that initial load is very long um it's nice that there's not I can't say there's no loading once you get into the game because there still is, <laughs> especially between story session sections. There's still loading and still some significant loading sometimes. So that's not great. That that definitely detracts from the game. Every once in a while, when you are traveling between areas, there'll be a moment where the whole screen just pauses for a second or two. And if you hold on the gas on your motorcycle, you can hear it still going. And you, I mean, you don't travel anywhere. But then after a second or two, it just pops back in and then you're moving again. So there definitely are some loading issues there Mm. Um, when going into some of the camps. Sometimes uh, the speed or the pace that you would go would cause it to seem like the screen was almost like it was losing frames, but more like it couldn't decide how fast to load stuff because you were just going an odd. I was going an odd speed. Yeah. Uh, So that happened more pretty regularly, actually. Um, so there are definitely bugs. Uh, I talked about there was one time that I had taken someone out from behind. They were about or I hadn't taken them from behind. I had meleeed them at right as the time that they were swinging their machete and I killed them and their machete just went flying like <laughs> gone forever. I don't know where that machete ended up other than probably miles and miles and miles away. <laughs> so things like that happened. But. I never had any game breaking bugs. I never lost any progress. I never got stuck anywhere. I never had to reload a save. Like I didn't have any of those sorts of issues. Um, so I know Donnie had an issue where he was hearing thunder all the time. When he messaged me and asked, is this normal? Is it always thundering? <laughs> no, it's not always thundering. That would be kind of annoying. Though I will say the weather effects in this game are pretty great too, though. How it transitions from rain to snow to thunder to wetness. All that is pretty cool. So yeah, overall Days Gone, it's it's good. I am I enjoyed my time with it. I will go back and get the platinum, but it's definitely going to be a thing that I set aside for a little bit, um, and probably fill in with some other things before I go back and finish. And like I said, I know the story and a lot of the stuff folks um, 
gave it a really hard time for. It's not the best story you're ever going to play in the game, but it's serviceable. And I enjoyed the characters. And for me, it usually comes down to characters. And I know a lot of people didn't like Deacon as a character. I did. I really liked Deacon as a character. And I think he is interesting um, to a degree. And I think he's he's multi, more multi-layered than people are giving him credit for in a lot of the reviews and things. So overall, I... I think it's a game if you get on sale, especially is easily worth the time, but I can't, I don't even know how much time I put in this game. It was a lot, a lot of time. Uh, If anything, yeah, if anything, uh, this a little shorter. And I think it it would actually, it probably could be two games. There is a very distinctive moment that happens that I thought, Oh, I'm almost done. No, there's a whole second half of the game. (laughs) That was probably just as long as what I had just done. So I got to imagine it was close to 40 hours by the time I was finished. Wow. Um, so it's very lengthy. Um, but yeah, I had fun with it. I Like I said, if you have access to it, I would encourage folks to play it. Uh, it's not going to be completely polished, but it is pretty great. But if you are like, eh, I'd rather don't know if I'm totally into it. I think if this is a game you can find on sale, I think overall it's, you're going to be very happy with it for the most mm. part. So that's nice. my thoughts on, on Days Gone. So... Josh, I know you've kind of stopped playing Days Gone. Well, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I stopped. I just started Rage. Okay. <laughs> because I, I kind of had a feeling Days Gone was going to be a long, a long one. Yeah, it's really and, long. And I, and I had, I had the feeling, which was right, that Rage Two would be shorter. And um, I think, I mean, Days Gone will probably be what I play, what I pick back up. Although I, I really was considering. Um, starting The Last of Us. I just... Oh. I'm, I'm like weighing my games right now. Like I can I can restart Mass Effect Andromeda. I can play The Last of Us for the first time. I can play Uncharted Lost Legacy for the first time. I can continue playing Devil May Cry 5. I can start Kingdom Hearts 3. Like... It's a lot of stuff. I went through my Xbox library and I'm pretty sure... So there's two games on there that for Xbox, and that's uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, which I mm-hmm. still haven't played, and Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm-hmm. And then on the PlayStation, I have another handful of games. Um, so I just don't know. I might go back to Days Gone and see if it really like calls to me to keep playing it. Right. But I'll be honest with you, from when I played with Days Gone, I'll, as much as I liked it way more than the reviews are saying for that game. Every time I play it, I want to be playing Horizon Zero Dawn again. <laughs> I can I understand. Know, and I don't know why I can't get over that part of that. Open world PlayStation exclusive or yeah. mostly open world, I guess. Uh, I do actually, I'm really struggling because I really want to play a Plague Tale Innocence. Me too. So bad. I know. And neither one of us have bought it, but we both want to play it. <laughs> but I haven't because I have all these other things to play. But I really want to play that game. If we wait, we'll be able to get it at a good price. I know, but I really want to play it. Um, <laughs> and just so you know, according to how long to beat, um, Days Gone, main story is 35 and a half hours. Main plus extras is 42 and a half. Completionist is 54 and a half. So mm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a lengthy investment, at least 35 hours really for main story if you don't do all the side stuff. Yeah. I did, I think all of the side stuff I could have done other than wiping out all of the hordes was mostly done by the time i finished there's one other storyline that i didn't finish and then you get a couple short ones that are introduced when you're done as like quote-unquote end game stuff but yeah gotcha so i did most of it but anyway days gone 
I enjoyed it. So I'm glad. I'm glad you did because I know we were kind of you more than me, but I know we were kind of both worried about where this game was going to come out at based on everything we heard leading up to the release. Yeah. And honestly, it pretty much is what I expected as far as polish and everything else. It's yeah. a, it's about what I expected. It's not perfect. It definitely they took a big swing. And I probably am giving them some credit for going big and missing a couple of things, you know? Mm. So I'm sure that is weighing into it as well. But all right. So, hey, topic of the show time. You know, Josh, we're getting to that time. Last week, we did our E3 preview show. Next week, I think, is E3 or two weeks? I don't even know uh, the calendar. Two weeks. Two weeks. We're getting a really week, A week from this coming weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, so getting close to E3. At that time, you know, we had the rumors of a The Last of Us 2 trailer reveal. By the time you hear this podcast, we'll have gotten another trail for uh, that one game, that new Kojima game. Days, no, what's it called? That's Death Stranding. There we go. That that game. You know, there's a Pokemon thing going on right now, and there's going to be another Direct before E3. Just a lot of stuff going on. And, and this is the time where people share a lot of opinions and have a lot of thoughts on things. Hmm. So I thought it'd be nice to, for us to talk a little bit about those opinions that we have that most others are going to say is incorrect. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about, you know, some of those unpopular gaming opinions you, we have. And once we're done with all this, dear listener, I would love for you to share some of your unpopular gaming opinions. And maybe we will talk about those more next week. But hmm. I want to talk about the catalyst for this, Josh. Okay. So, so the catalyst for this was in Twitter, not in Twitter, in uh discord we were having a conversation about something i don't remember what it was right now but our fearless leader donnie said and this was not bad and i'm not he basically <laughs> said something about how well it's someone's opinion so their opinion is valid okay sure i was going to say something about that because i don't believe that's true and my example for this is always and i don't remember this is not an original thought to me but i've said it so often i can no longer remember who said it so i apologize but this is not an original kyle thought but if your opinion, and this might have been even like a late night talk show host, this might have been like Trevor Noah or something like that. But if your opinion is that owls don't exist, your opinion is just wrong. Like it just is. So your opinion is no longer valid. So your opinion still has to have some facts that support it, right? But that is, so that was kind of the, the catalyst for this. And I started thinking about opinions and the opinions that we might hold about games that other people are going to tell us are just wrong, that are not supported by the facts. So with that in mind, Josh, and I have mixed some board game and video game opinions all together (laughs) into a fun little casserole or hot dish, depending on what part of the country you're from, of opinions here. Josh, what is an unpopular gaming opinion that you hold to be true? Well, I want you to know I Googled if your opinion is that all of us don't exist and nothing came up. Oh, okay. I know I heard it from someone. I appreciate it. (laughs) I know I heard it from someone, but I don't remember who it was. That's okay. Okay. We're keeping this lighthearted, right? We're not going to get mad at each other? Yes, this is totally lighthearted. We're not going to get mad. All right. Unpopular gaming opinion. Since we're so close to E3, gaming companies lie to us about what their games are going to look like before they come out. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that's an unpopular opinion. And I also don't that's not me. That's kind of how I think my opinion comes across to people. But I think that that is a opinion nonetheless. So, but that's not, you're saying that's not your opinion, though. I'm not saying that 
the word lie has never come out of my mouth. And because it's a strong word and I also get frustrated by misleading, um, but only because there's a part of me that wants to believe in the good in everyone. And there's a part of me that wants to believe that that wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. I don't like the word lie. I don't like the word distrust. Mm -hmm. I don't like the word purposely misleading, the phrase purposely misleading or the word misleading. These are things I just don't enjoy. Um, But if you listen to 89 episodes, 86 episodes of Board of Video Games, you know that I've always had an issue with not just Sony, not just Killzone 3, but that's where it started for me. Like that's mm-hmm. where I can draw an origin point right. to my concern right. that gaming companies are going out there. And if they're not like lying to us about the product, putting in-game engine or in-game footage is is purposely misleading or or willingly deceiving your consumer base that doesn't know any better while having some like iota of fact because they can be like well no we said that this is actual and even like days gone digital foundry posted a video comparing the e3 trailer to the final product of the game and it's it's not the same game right so that that's something that i feel like as an unpopular gaming opinion, and also because I think people immediately get very defensive about it. So I'm going to not get defensive about it, but here's my my always my question to that. Right. What what sort of messaging should they have before they show a trailer, or what would they need to say to make you feel comfortable or feel confident in? What is being shown? Not that necessarily this is exactly what the game is going to be like when we're done, but what should they say or what should they do prior, just immediately prior or as that little, you know, blurb they have at the bottom of the screen? What should that say to indicate to people that this might not be how the game looks when we're done? Not actual game footage. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. Not actual game footage. You don't need to do anything else. You're not misleading anybody. You're telling me... This is not actual game footage. There's been points, I think Bioshock Infinite did this, Mm -hmm. where they purposely made a CG trailer to make it look like it was what you were literally doing in-game by even putting damage bars or HUDs on the screen. Mm -hmm. Just put not actual game footage. I don't, I mean, I'm sure marketing has a lot to do with what these trailers say and show, Mm -hmm. and it's their job to make money, and Mm -hmm. it's their job to create a buzz. If you just put not actual game footage or doesn't represent final product, that's another one. Mm-hmm. This footage does not represent final product. Things that don't mislead like or can't be uh, perceived as misleading. Like I, I don't think it's so crazy that we need to like have this be an issue because right. I mean I do know why. Like don't I I don't I, like don't think I'm like dumb like or daft or whatever not you not you this isn't in general like i understand why these things happen i do mm-hmm. i just i hate it it's a bad business practice i understand i understand i i do it is an interesting business practice too because i think and i think this might be something that goes away some because you know sony obviously was the the biggest guilty party in the recent generation of showing their games super early hmm. 
And more and more companies have rolled that back and rolled that back and rolled that back. And we're not seeing games now typically until much closer till they're released, which reduces the amount of changing that happens just in general, right? The game's not going to change. The game realistically can't change in 18 months as much as it could in three years or six right. months as it could in two years. You know, and I think that probably will help with that. I always get caught up, though, in the and maybe they should just dictate it of the aspirational, right? This is what we're trying to make, or this is what we're currently building. Yeah, that's but, then great. Something, but then something changes and we can't do that thing anymore. So we weren't really lying before. Like that's what we were trying to do. And it just didn't work. Sure. So but here's you can't other. show storyboards for a movie and then expect people to expect that's the final product. Like, Hey, we really like to have Dwayne the Rock Johnson jump across three skyscrapers on an evil Knievel motorcycle, but realistically, we had to put him in front of a green screen to do it. Uh, right? Then he needed to cast Tom Cruise, and it would have happened. <laughs> yeah, he could have done it. It would have broken all of the bones in his body. Um, no, I mean I agree with you, and like to, on on that point where like they want to show what the best product is in their head, mm-hmm. but there there also has to be like negative like we've must we've like obviously i would use an example maybe mass effect andromeda would be an example of a bold vision that fell short of what they were promising people even what they showed at e3 didn't reflect the final product of the game or anthem or anthem but even anthem came a little bit closer than andromeda like andromeda they showed this mission where you're like Ryder's dad and you're doing this awesome and they were like right. watch this trailer in 4k on youtube if you were lucky enough to have a 4k monitor like right. this game is gonna be great you know you know it's just people talk about e3 go, possibly going away well i don't think that i want to see that i do think the benefit of e3 going away would be we are seeing more complete final product previews of games. I would agree with that. And that would be the biggest benefit. Yeah. And I think you are right. And I think more companies are starting to have pretty significant disclaimers at the bottoms of their feeds or screens or trailers that you're seeing of, you know, pre-alpha footage or might not be representative of final product, et cetera, et cetera. I think you're starting to see that more and more. Um, Even a video, it's like, this is a video of our developers playing on in the break room, like right. this game, like this is what the game looks like right now. Like if imagine if they never showed scale bound, imagine yeah. if it just was just a game that went away. Like so many other games that we never right. see. Yeah. Like these are people, these are things that are getting pressured into showing games, one that aren't ready and two games that aren't representative of what they're launching it. Unseen 64 would have so much more content. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so, awesome. All right. So, Video game companies, stop lying to us. Please. <laughs> Don't so, lie to us at all. <laughs> so my unpopular opinion, uh, I think it's unpopular. I don't think it's most people agree with this. Linear games are far better than open world games. Yeah, I agree with you on that. You're not going to get an argument out of me for that. I think you know that, though. <laughs> I do know that from you more than likely. I just prefer linear games overall. I like a beginning, middle, end. I like a strong through line pulling me through. Um, yeah. I, I think there can be some fun had in running around and finding collectibles and, and exploring the world if you want there to be. But there's just something the dis, quote unquote discovery aspect that people talk about is not something that um, has been 
pulls at me as much um, when I'm playing games. I like characters and I like playing, you know, this handcrafted story slash experience you want me to have. And yes, open world games for the most part, unless they're procedurally generated, are handcrafted with the intent of you finding things and doing all that. I'm just really bad at going to every nook and cranny, finding all the collectibles, reading all of the journal entries that I've collected and all that stuff to flesh out the world. I just really much prefer when a world, a story is linear narrative and told to me in a very, I would say in a handholdy way, kind of, I prefer that in my game. So linear games better than open world games. I agree with you. I think, I think I agree with you in two ways. One, that, I prefer them. And two, I think that it is the unpopular opinion because we're in this like weird time in gaming where people think that a game has to be massively open mm-hmm. where they're not getting their money's worth. Yep. Like there's so much entitlement in gaming right now that people, and, and it actually ties in like perfectly to what my next one was going to be. I'd love to hear it. Um, and, and that is um, uh, the unpopular gaming opinion is well, it's really the popular one. It's nobody wants a single player campaign anymore. So the unpopular opinion was would be people only want um, multiplayer shooters. Mm. Your they, your your divisions, your ghost recons, your, your battlefronts, fronts, your, your anything that's played with yeah. multiple people. Yeah. That's all the people want. That's, that's what it the, seems like. That's the still game people play, right? <laughs> that, yeah, that's the new still game people play. But they don't seem to acknowledge that there's a single player campaign to that game. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the unpopular to me gaming opinion. Well, the popular gaming opinion is the multiplayer part. So I think the unpopular opinion is I'm like psyching myself in and out of what this right, topic right, right. Is, is that single player. The unpopular opinion is single player matters. Is that's what I should have said, mm-hmm. and that people want single player stories. Um, I agree. I I'm obviously in the opposite of that like genre, but now you have companies like EA making this, these big stances and they're saying, we don't, not only did we not think that single player mattered, but we put out a game and it proved that it doesn't matter because <laughs> we made all this money. Yeah. And now I don't know about you and what you hear about people talking about the new black uh, call of duty. But in, in my circles, when I tell people that it's going to be modern warfare, potentially redone, mm-hmm. they're like, what about the multiplayer? We don't, you know, we don't, we want black ops. We don't want modern warfare. And in our circle, the mm-hmm. discord, our PSV, everyone's like, modern warfare is the best story that was ever told in a shooter. Like modern warfare two and three were incredible. Why would you do this? Well, now why wouldn't no, why wouldn't you do this more? Is right. I mean like and now the opposite the the work groups and the social media people they're like we want black ops like yeah. that's the unpopular opinion to me is to the modern warfare part like we do we not want story what is going on? I, well, I mean there is a story in black ops. There was a story in black ops. So there, I mean, there's a story there. I, modern I think black ops three four. Right. They abandoned that for four. Yeah. Is that the most recent one? Yeah. Okay. The one where you only played multiplayer. Oh, that's right. That's right. right. (laughs) (laughs) And I played Blackout like one time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. That was Black Ops 4. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, maybe in Black Ops 5 that apparently is coming in 2020, maybe there'll be a story again. No, they said it's going to be 
Um, they want to make it microtrans like a um, microtransactioned mess. Yeah, like, I know there's a lot of rumors. Or whatever. Yeah, I know there's a lot of rumors that they might be going to a free to play model or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It'll be very interesting because I think obviously this year's is probably going to stay locked pretty traditional but obviously the 2020 game is probably going to launch about the same time as the next gen consoles yeah. so it'll be very interesting to see how all of that if they take that as a cue to change things up and they change the studios too yeah going to Treyarch again so yeah so. supposedly so yeah okay yeah. well this is gonna be connected to yours i'm gonna do two a twofer if that's okay, okay for you that's so here here are two opinions that i have that I think are unpopular, especially in the, um, I don't say more hardcore, but the people who read about games on a, on a regular basis um, and who just don't play them for funsies. My two that are together, shorter games are better. The shorter it is, the better it is. And mm-hmm. Call of Duty is really good. Call of Duty is a good game. Every year, yeah. it is a good game. Wait, you're saying that's an unpopular opinion? Yeah. Amongst... <laughs> amongst our group okay yeah okay. that is an unpopular opinion and yeah. i think that for most people who are plugged in if you i think looking at for example the infinite warfare trailer is a perfect example of what i'm saying that that got downvoted so hard yeah by the quote hardcore group they'll never go back to space no and that <laughs> game was great. infinite warfare's campaign was amazing it was so good which i don't understand the hate but yeah i think it kind of Call of Duty is the franchise that is cool to hate on. I think it's to, everyone is totally cool with people hating on Call of Duty, but the game, the shooting is tight. It runs at 60 frames per second. No matter what the technology is, it still looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, for a lot of years, did the summer blockbuster movie in a game better than anyone. So Call of Duty, always good, which goes along with though the campaigns were short. I could sit down over a weekend, finish them, have a great time, and really feel like I accomplished something. <laughs> So you're on the side of the unpopular opinion. Yeah, my opinion is that shorter is games that, are better and that Call of Duty is good. I agree with you on short games are better to an extent um, for single-player campaigns. Yeah, and I mean, there's obviously going to be exceptions to the rule. But, but in I general, mean, you just spent 40-something hours on Days Gone. I did. It was a lot. So your opinion is suspect. <laughs> well, like I said, there's always exceptions. There's always yeah. exceptions. Horizon Zero Dawn was, you know, a 50-hour platinum that I played. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. There's yeah. always exceptions. But in general, shorter games are better. So I will, I guess, just from what we just said, I'm going to have to disagree with you because I put over 60 hours into Horizon Zero Dawn, and okay. I don't know that there's a better game than that for me. So I would argue short games are not better in that specific case. <laughs> However, um, it has to be a game I like. Like Fallout mm-hmm. is long. I don't enjoy Fallout, so I wouldn't argue that that long game is better. <laughs> um, and I would agree. I would say so. We had this whole conversation, um, whether it was on our podcast or on Discord, about um, Days Gone being like a six point five, and like what is bad, what is good now. Yeah. Um, I think like almost most Call of Duties are six point fives or sevens. I would argue that they're decent games. They're not great games they're not in my opinion which maybe is unpopular that that they don't earn a nine out of ten or which they get like i don't think that they're that good they're the same game with a different skin almost every year oh boy here's here comes the madden argument <laughs> uh i'd say my madden madden is arguably the same game every year uh they make tweaks uh to 
um, controls or defensive or offensive skills that were um, maybe need to be improved over the last few games. But ultimately, their roster updates. So I would argue if Madden 16 was an 8.5, 17 and 18 and 19 could probably also be 8.5s. So, Not that they should get that. Like Obviously, right. they can deviate from that. But I think right. in that aspect, Call of Duties are very much the same as far as I think the quality of Call of Duty game we've gotten in the past five Call of Duties mm-hmm. has been pretty similar to each other with the graphical updates being the the bigger difference. So now this is where things will get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> if if the game released five years ago yeah. was an eight, let's just say. Oh, and yeah, the, it's going to get messy. <laughs> they, they released the game five years ago and it was an eight. And you're saying it's the same game. They just have improved the graphics. Why wouldn't it be an eight today? I'm saying it should be. It could okay. be. Not should be. You can't. I, I can't say it should be because then people wouldn't review it. Right. Uh, it could be, but I think when we're talking about, like you said, Call of Duty is a good game. I would argue that Call of Duty is a game that is the same, <laughs> and okay. I don't necessarily view it as like we got Call of Duty Black Ops for it because we had FOMO. We wanted to play because everyone was playing it. Otherwise, I can't. I won't speak for you, but I would never have bought it. Oh, the thing I is, played, that- I played the game before it. Right. I have no problems jumping in and playing Call of Duty multiplayer whenever somebody wants to. I'm yeah, totally me too. down for it. I love it. I have a yeah. great time when I play it. So I don't know why that's not a good game, I guess. No, no. I'm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess it's a good game. Maybe Maybe I don't think it's an unpopular opinion. Then. That could be. That very well could be. Um, maybe I thought you're saying it was good as in comparison to great maybe that's what i was confusing it for oh gotcha no i'm just saying that people in general hate on call of duty but i think call of duty is good okay okay that's what i'm saying yeah 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 and i will say the one thing i do think it's very easy for a yearly release to be greatly improved and i think a perfect example of it is mlb the show this year last year's mlb the show they basically said hey the community was like these four things really suck about this game and this year they fixed those four things. And now people are saying this game is amazing. So yeah. it's yearly release and it's iterative, right? But I yeah. think it is very possible for games that are yearly or iterative like that to still be improve themselves from year to year um, and, and make significant enough changes that it improves the experience of the player uh, to to raise it to a, a new level. Sure. And, and like I'm talking from a... <clears throat> so like obviously like... I play Madden. When I play Madden, I play it if I'm asked to play it because, like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't play season modes and, and franchises. And, like, obviously to people like Coach Mo who play it religiously, they see a difference in every yeah. Madden um, because that game is, like, catered to them. Right. I just don't understand football enough to know. Yeah. Well, for someone like me who I, – I mean, I know a lot about football, but I don't <clears> – <throat> I don't necessarily want that in my football games. Mm-hmm. I get that. I mean, I like 16, 16 to 20 weeks out of my year are dedicated yeah, to yeah, football. Yeah, yeah, 20 weeks. <laughs> I know. I'm a Patriots fan. They're always in the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. Uh, hey, like, my, my baseball team has the best record in baseball right now. So. Yes. Yeah, and the Red Sox are not anywhere near there. Um, <laughs> but like for me, like it's not just every, it's not just Sunday. Like what, no matter if you're in a state that's similar to Massachusetts, you play football on Sunday. But then the football is talked about Monday to Saturday. Right. 
with everybody. So it gets yeah. like a bit much. So if I want to escape into a game, I don't want to go play Madden and worry about who my head coach is going to be in my franchise mode and right. worry about what my new juke move is or all these things. Like I just want to kind of get out there and get owned by a coach or Devin in a game or, you know, have someone beat me up or just have fun. So the simulation aspect is what I feel like is the only thing that changes with Madden. Yeah. It was really interesting because I was watching a stream for MLB, the show, and they were going through the changes that they had made and their level of, granularity of the changes of saying okay in this situation when this thing happens this is how the game used to react but now this is what's going to happen and in the chat the people going oh my goodness thank you so much this is going to be so much better and it literally is you know the way a player pivots you know when they turn a double play when there's a runner on first and the ball is short hop to the pitcher i mean super fine details, small, small things that you're right. If you're the person who plays online all the time, does these leagues, you notice those things. But if you're you and I who play, you know, for funsies for a few weeks and call it good, we're not going to notice those differences. Right. So, all right. What's another unpopular opinion you hold to be true? This might be the worst, most heinous one. Okay. Microtransactions are good. Whoa! And are important for the future of gaming. Josh wants to give everyone loot boxes. Loot boxes for everyone. So the reason why microtransactions are good is because we're living in a world where the price of video games hasn't changed in 37 years. It's true. And we're living in a world where we're about to enter a new generation of consoles, which are... are, are poised to show us the most powerful, best-looking, fastest-running games. And realistically, we should not expect to still pay $60 for a game. Can you imagine if these 25% tariffs happen? Yeah, it's going to be stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We had a conversation at work about it today, and and I was freaking the guys out. And I said, well, I don't want to go crazy because we worried for a month about... um, uh, uh, net neutrality and it never yeah. came to be so we were real worried for a while uh, so I said I don't want to worry too much until we have to but I explained to them the price of what a like a $500 console would be yeah, $625 and I was like you could buy half of a switch for that why would you spend that much money on a tariff for a console yeah. um, I mean I would I'm Kevin dumb, Austin's but... like I'm just going to stop gaming and I said well realistically a lot of people might have to stop gaming yeah. and then the kid goes no one's going to stop gaming. They'll still get it. And I said, you know what? Because he, he goes, they'll just do what, that Microsoft, what Microsoft did and do that uh, monthly payment thing. And I said, yeah. So the tariffs are going to create more bad debt for the United States. Right. Great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, I don't like microtransactions. I especially don't like <clears throat> the pay to win aspect of them. But if you don't, want to pay 80 to $100 for next gen games, mm-hmm. you need to embrace microtransactions. You need to be happy that they exist. You need to say, I want to support this game I like. Right. But you also don't have to support the games you buy that you don't like. Right. No one's selling you a game that you can't play without microtransactions, at least not yet. Right. Uh, but 
there are plenty of games that get better with DLC or microtransactions, depending on your definition of them. Right. Um, I think I don't necessarily support it, but I think that that is important and uh, extremely unpopular right now. No, I, th- I think that is definitely <laughs> an unpopular opinion. I do understand what you're saying, though, because, you know, it's the idea of we will charge, keep this game at $60 because we know some people are going to pay 100 for it Yep. because of microtransactions, DLC, whatever else they purchase, or we can make everyone pay $70. Yeah. You know, it's one. Of it, so right now, if you're not buying the microtransactions, the people who are buying them are making it so your games are still only $60. And that's why, and I know it's, most people would say this is dumb of me, but I do it anyway. If I can afford to buy the deluxe edition of a game, I typically do because because of that reason, because I know how expensive games are to make and I want to show appreciation to developers. And I can't always, that's not a thing that I'm always able to do, especially if there's months that I buy, you know, multiple games. But if there's a month where I'm only going to buy one game and it's a game I'm really looking forward to, I will spring for Usually the mid-ish level one. I'm not going to buy the super expensive fancy one, but I'll buy the $70, $80 special edition uh, to get, that comes with the DLC and all that stuff. I'll do that if I can if I can afford it and I'm excited about the game because I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is. And I always say I feel like games should cost more than they do. So yeah. here's a way for me to live up to what I'm saying. So, yep. all right. I'm going to share one more unpopular opinion and cool. then we're going to kind of work towards the end here. I have... I don't know how many more you have. I have a ton more. <laughs> well, I'll do I'll do one more, but I yeah, I could do more, but I'll do one more. Well, what I'm saying is we could always do part two next week if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so and I'm gonna actually go to a board game one. Yeah, it was two. <laughs> okay, perfect. Here's my unpopular opinion. Board games, many of them get way too many expansions. <laughs> oh, I totally agree with you. <laughs> and I know I think a lot of people in the board game world are i want to get more of a game i like yeah that's kind of the attitude i I can't no i can't the the way 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 too many and i because i think of things like legendary yeah how how i told they released a new ascension today uh um, and i told my wife i wanted to get it and she's like well we have to look at what we already have and i thought she meant money and i was like no i don't want to get it this week it came out today and she's like, yeah, but we just have to figure out what sets we already have. And I was like, oh, 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 this one, it's a standalone. And she's like, oh, okay, let's get it. Because <laughs> she's like, we want to get all the sets before right. we get a new one. <laughs> right, right. Big that Dominion, yeah. uh, Ticket to Ride. I get it to a degree, Catan. Like, I get it to a degree, right? You know, give people different ways to play the games they love. I totally understand. But board gaming, especially if you read... You know, we were talking about the Steve Jackson games, the state of Steve Jackson games yeah. thing. They talked about how less and less new board games are being sold that they're not doing as well, which even causes more to, you know, get into that, stay with what we like, print more of what we did. There's another pandemic expansion that just came out or standalone. Game. Yeah. yeah. By uh, Kane Klenko. Yeah. So, you know. Rapid response. Yeah. Too many board games getting expansions. That's my opinion give me different stuff well first of all i agree with you i think if you don't get in on the ground floor on a board game it's hard to get a game because of all the expansions you don't know where to start and it's very overwhelming yeah absolutely uh here's mine this will be a good one to stop on if if, unless you do another one monopoly is not a bad board game (laughs) 
I think I don't have to say anything else, right? <laughs> uh, I think there's a problem in board games with elitism, especially yeah. to older games. Catan yeah. is one of them. Uh, Tickets Right has now recently become one of them. Um, and at least in board games, people don't care to elaborate. They just say, hate it. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever play it? Play this instead. Yep. It's terrible. Um, Monopoly is a great board game, even more unpopular. It teaches children financial responsibility. It teaches them gambling. It teaches them... <laughs> These are skills you need. You may maybe not need gambling specifically, but negotiating. It teaches you the game of chance. It teaches you that life isn't fair. It teaches you that no matter how good you play, you might not win. It teaches you how to win. It teaches you how to lose. It teaches you how to cheat. Like there's Monopoly is one of those games where there's so many different aspects to learn. And this isn't just for kids. This is just kind of like where most people start. Um, and I, I realize as the board game industry matures, less less kids will start with Monopoly because there will be other alternatives. But I would still argue that Monopoly is a great game to start with and to occasionally play. Um, it still can be a tough game uh, as far as uh, people getting upset or frustrated, but Believe me, I've played plenty of games of Boss Monster that people get plenty upset at, or Munchkin, mm-hmm. or any Take That game where people still get upset. So that's not a great excuse that people use against Monopoly. They just think that they're better than it. They don't think it has a theme. They don't think they think it's a kid's game, whatever. People still play Uno all the time. Why don't you go after Uno, you Monopoly haters? <laughs> so I, I argue that it's a good game. Maybe even a great game, and I still love playing Monopoly, uh, but I don't play it like religiously. I think it would be different if I played it every week. So here's my question for you: mm. If you had to guess, <laughs> what is what <laughs> what number what number is board on the board game geek? What is the rank of Monopoly? How how low does the rank go? <laughs> the, the last number I went and looked. The last number, the last ranked game, because there's still games after it that are don't have enough votes to be ranked. Yeah. The last ranked game is number 17,163. Do you want to know what that game is? Yes. Tic-tac-toe. Oh, boy. Yeah. So that is the, the number 17,163. So that's how you know how many games you have to how wide the expanse is. All right. What, 8, what number 8,652. 8, yeah. Okay, as I said, the final game, the last game ranked is 17,163. Oh, no. Monopoly, 17,155. Oh, boy, that's terrible. So after it Monopoly... It doesn't belong there. I have after, after a game that are worse than Monopoly. <laughs> after Monopoly are Trouble, The Game of Life, LCR, War, Bingo, Candyland, Shoots and Ladders, and then Tic-Tac-Toe. Those are all fine games. Um, so here's what I will say. I am not as big of a fan of Monopoly as you are, but I also don't think Monopoly is as bad as most people say it is. I think similar to Catan, actually, in the sense that I think Monopoly matters a lot who you play it with. Yes, for sure. You know, it's one of those games that is really affected significantly by that. I don't think it should be ranked where it is, for sure. Like, Operation is the game right in front of it. 
Uh, and most <laughs> most trap is the game in front of operation. So, you know, this is where we're talking. But it is funny when you look at this 17,000 rank here, like every one of these games are games I played pretty much as a kid. Um, yeah. Other than one of them, which is 17,101, which is Trump the game. But um, <laughs> I bet that's newly to that at the bottom of the list. <laughs> um, but I feel a lot like about Monopoly, the way I feel about when folks say, oh, um, you're not a gamer because you only play mobile games. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the board game elitism is geared towards hating on Monopoly, the video game you know folks hate on people who play a lot of mobile games and i think you're right we just need to cut it out and you're absolutely if you don't like monopoly totally cool with not liking monopoly that's fine but don't be an elitist jerk about it yeah (laughs) that's not going to make people want to play fun board games let people enjoy the games they play that's right get get off my my back you monkeys (laughs) get off my park place All right. So that is some of our unpopular gaming opinions. Maybe we'll do part two next week. Let's see. Cause I still have one, two, three. I have like six more on my list. So we'll see. Maybe we'll nice. do part two next week. Uh, all right, Josh, I know we did get some, a few listener thoughts about this. Why don't you take us through them? We did. Uh, so we, we posed this question on Twitter. I mean, I'm not going to try to be an elitist jerk, but answer, answer our questions. Come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our first response was from Matthew Everson uh, at Alium85, who's also in our Discord, which you should also be in our Discord with us. That'd be great. Uh, so we can all have good chats. Um, Alium is, is good at bringing up topics in our Board of the Video Games channel. Uh, his unpopular opinion is, if a board game isn't a legacy slash campaign, it isn't worth buying. What do you think about that, Kyle? That is a hard hard stance to take because i feel like this is something that's only become more popular really in the last few years but i understand that thought process i definitely have gravitated more towards those styles of games uh than i had previously but i think there's a lot of great games though that aren't that that i think you're missing out on yeah i mean i think the argument if, if I was to argue on that side of it is you're getting much more content for your dollar right. for yeah. a legacy campaign game, which I think is a way people could look at that. Um, but we don't have like a system in board games like we do with video games. You can't just rent a board game. Right. I know some like local libraries offer. Some gaming um, cafes out there. Yeah, or gaming cafes, which are luckily becoming more popular, but still are not nearly saturated enough where anyone can go just go to one. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely an unpopular opinion. <laughs> but I but I see where it comes from, and, and it definitely has um, a point to it to some extent. Uh, Kevin Austin at PSVJG Kevin, he just tweeted us a GIF of Jazz Punk. And well, Kyle, myself, and Kevin have all played Jazz Punk. Jazz Punk is a strange game. It is. I believe. So that I'm pretty sure. So Kevin's unpopular opinion must be that Jazz Punk is a game. <laughs> is that what it is? Because he gave us no context. I guess so, yeah. So that must be what it is. I mean, or I do, that I it have, isn't a game. <laughs> I do have the platinum trophy in Jazz Punk. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, they give it to you for showing up, right? Everyone gets a platinum trophy. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. It wasn't too tough. It's a fun game, and it's very crazy. And I think his tweet gif said, Jazzpunk teaches you how to correctly spell pigeon, I believe is what the gift said. Piggyon. Piggyon, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I enjoyed I enjoyed uh, Jazzpunk. Uh, so it's you an experience. argument out of me, Kevin. Yeah, it's an experience for sure. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us this week. As always, when we wrap up the show, we want to leave you with a recommendation for a well-rounded life. This is just something we're into currently that's not gaming related that is helping us balance all of the wonderful gaming things that we do. Josh, what is your recommendation for a well-rounded life this week? Well, I almost put street food. In fact, I did put street food and then I changed it. Oh, man, that is really good, though. Because we only watched one episode, but I thought it was enough for me to recommend it because I really enjoyed it. And I watched it with my wife. She liked it, too. Um, So I say this knowing I'm going to tell you next week that Black Mirror Season 5 is going to be my my (laughs) well-rounded next week. It's three episodes. They they definitely put some some quality into these ones. Game of Thrones was only six this season. And I liked it. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So my well-rounded life is, it's a show on Netflix called I Think You Should Leave. Uh, This arguably will not be for everyone. Uh, In fact, if you like things like comedy, bang, bang, uh, you will like this. It is a, uh, I think it's, I think it's called properly, I Think You Should Leave with Matthew, I forget his, Robinson, maybe. He created the show. He stars in it. It's a sketch show, kind of like like maybe Kids in the Hall style. And it's some of the things. So each episode roughly has like three to five sketches in it. Some of them are long. Some of them are short. He has some good celebrity um, cameos and parts. But uh, what I'll tell you, one of the sketches, which I won't spoil for you, but kind of gives you the sense of the show. So Will Forte plays a guy who went on a flight to Australia when he was like uh, like in his 20s. And on his flight was a screaming, crying baby. Ruined his whole flight. In fact, he was so tired that when he got to Australia, was it Australia? I think it was. Wherever, no, England, not Australia. When he got to England, he was so tired because of the baby screaming the whole flight. He had to, he, he didn't get to go to Big Ben and he didn't get to see all the sights. So he waited 34 years and he booked a flight on the baby's honeymoon flight as an adult to sit next to him to scream like a baby in his ear for the whole flight. That's the premise of it uh, without spoiling what happens. Uh, I think that's pretty hilarious. Imagine you getting on a plane, there's a crying baby and you are so mad, you find out the baby's name and then you wait until they're old enough to find out a flight they're going on and try to ruin it for them the way they ruined it for you when they were a child. Wow. <laughs> it is. It, there's things that are very funny. One of the sketches is uh, he uh, he buys a gift for Glenn. What's Glenn from The Walking Dead? Uh, Stephen Young plays a character. He buys him a, a birthday present. And he's like, I gave you a gift receipt if you want it. And he's like, oh, man, no, thanks. Thanks. I'm a, I am love it. I don't need the gift receipt. And he goes, oh, okay, well, can I have it back then? And then it's a whole thing about the polite culture where you're like, 
I don't need the gift receipt. I'm not going to return it. And he's like, oh, well, then just give it back then if you're not going to return it. Give me the gift receipt. Oh, the gift receipt. I thought yeah, you meant yeah, the, gift. the gift. <laughs> that doesn't make and sense. Then, and then a whole crazy sketch goes off from that too, where you wouldn't you you wouldn't be able to predict where it goes from there. But gotcha. Uh, very funny premises. They don't all pay off. There's a couple like cringy ones that you kind of have to get through. Um, but I think it's very funny. And if you like comedy, especially like sketch comedy, I say give it two episodes. See what you think. All right. That's I think you should leave on Netflix. So my recommendation this week is probably something that people might snicker at a little bit. I am a big music fan. I enjoy music a lot. I don't talk about it or recommend it very often on here. It's but weird it is... you would say that before your recommendation. I know. I'm kidding. That was a... <laughs> <laughs> I just have to make the joke. I actually yeah. agree with this one. Okay, excellent. But <laughs> I, I'm a, like I said, I'm a big music fan. I listen to it most of the day um, when I'm at work and when I'm commuting, if I'm not listening to podcasts and all of that good stuff. Uh, and I like most types of music. There's a few I'm not a huge fan of, but overall, I like most types. And that includes pop music. I'm actually a fan of of pop music, but not necessarily mainstream pop. However, one artist who I think his last two albums have both been amazing, and she released her most recent album, I think, back on May 19th. And that is Carly Rae Jepsen's new album, Dedicated. And I know anytime I say Carly Rae Jepsen, everyone right away goes, that call me maybe person? Yes, that call me mm-hmm. maybe person. Um, her last two albums are amazing pop albums and they're not getting a ton of radio play. It's not something you're going to really hear often on the radio, but they are two exceptionally good albums. So if you have a music service that allows you to listen to it and you are in any way interested in pop music as a musical genre or form, I highly recommend listening to dedicated. It is a very good album. And I think even if you your first reaction is um, of consternation, I understand. I get it, but give it a shot. If you like pop music, I think that it is. She is doing really in the last couple of years. I think she has a couple of the best pop albums that have been released. So Carly Rae Jepsen's dedicated. Nice. All right, Josh. What do you say we wrap this show up, sir? Um, let's see. Eleven o'clock. I get up early. Yeah, let's do that. That's okay. A good sounds idea. good. Okay. Uh, so thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or if you're not feeling social media, feel free to email us at boardwithvg at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag Board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag uh, so we know, well, that you're safe uh, in this terrible weather season, that you're keeping up on your exercise goals, that you're playing board games, video games, uh, or whatever else you're doing. You know, we have some listeners that are out there that that keep us involved in their regular lives. We like that. Whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, please give us a stellar rating. We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone Board With Video Games feed. You can find me, you know, sitting in my house, maybe relaxing out in the backyard, or on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. And Kyle, where can they find you? 
So you can find me at all of the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Cyclocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. One very interesting piece of news that happened while we were recording, I think. And this isn't a huge deal, but I think it's kind of interesting with all the rumors that have been going on. Uh, Do you remember that PlayStation 4 uh, exclusive that was released at or first shown at Paris Games Week, Wild? Mm, No. It it was... um, Michelle and Cell's game he was working on before he went back to working on Beyond Good and Evil 2. I don't remember that. No. Okay. So it was shown at Paris Games Week a couple years ago, uh, but it's a game called Wild, and yeah. we haven't heard anything really about it. They updated their Facebook page with like new cover art and all this good stuff just a little bit ago. Oh, so that's, that's super interesting. Anyway, hey, that's neither here nor there. Just been a lot of rumors about PlayStation stuff this week, and the only thing we know for sure is happening is Death Stranding. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Share with us your unpopular gaming opinions. We want to know what they are and maybe we'll talk about even more next week. And remember everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.